right, welcome back to everyone to the episode 11 of the Virtual Pubs Premier Pod. We got our Match Week 7 review episode today, and after what I think is our first standard weekend, I'll put that in air quotes, of the Premier League this past weekend, I'm joined by Tim and Gray. How are we doing, guys? What up, crew? Hello, hello. Not a, not, nothing else important going on in the world today. It's nice just, you know, to focus here on the most important thing going on. That's Premier League soccer. There will be yeah, no American talk it's, uh, on MLS. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, of course, Tuesday, November 3rd. There's a couple events going on today. It was one, the biggest thing was that the virtual pub premier pod is recording this evening. Yeah, it was a champion. Also, was a champion. Um, probably Champions League night in Europe. Champions League night in Europe. Diego Jota put on a display. I think it was the NFL trade deadline. Oh, right. That's what I was forgetting. Um, but, you know, I think I... I Oh yeah, there, there's a little thing with that we like to call here in America election night, but we don't need to, t- to go into that. We'll we'll stick to sports I for this have, episode. I have not heard of it personally. <laughs> okay, well we won't go into it then. But <laughs> don't even know who there, made the finals. There was everybody, but, but there, I mean, there's a couple. There's a couple of interesting points from this weekend. There was a couple of good games going on. Of course, like the biggest game from this past weekend. Um, thankfully, we don't have to go too much into VAR this weekend. It was actually on quite good behavior as far as I'm concerned. But I think the, like, the biggest game of the weekend was um, Manchester United versus Arsenal. Arsenal winning that one nothing at Old Trafford. It was the first time, interestingly, Arsenal's won at Old Trafford since 2006 in the Premier League, which I thought was just absolutely wild considering the form that Manchester United has been on, especially ever since... Um, Alex Ferguson's left in 2013. It, it was also good. I'm forgetting the number of years, but something like five, six years since Arsenal had last won away against any of the other top, you know, you know, quote unquote, six teams um, in the Premier League. I think it, I think it may have happened in the yeah, FA Cup or they... um, possibly. Well, probably not Champions League, but I think it may have happened in a cup, but but not in the Premier League for five or six seasons. I believe that they're away record is always somewhat somewhat of like a bantering note against Arsenal is that they like can't even beat with this like the Burnleys of the Premier League away from their home pitch. Is it one more game or do if they lose badly to Everton this weekend, is he out? Like it was kind of almost like like comedic ir- irony um this past weekend of having United giving up of course that like that first loss since two thousand six to Arsenal at home. They've only picked up one point in twelve this season. Kind of just like this horrible. They're sitting in fifteenth right now, four places off of relegation spot right now. And then they have, um, well, uh, what's his name? They have. Um, uh, they had, uh, and then they go and they have Pochettino on uh, the Monday Night Football stand for for Sky Sports after the after the Monday games. They had him going on saying that he's ready to get back to football. Brendan Rodgers coaching I'm, and managing. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. Asking him if he was I'm, coming back. I'm glad you brought right it up. I, I I was just thinking. I think Ole's leash is about um, as long as Pochettino wants it to be. I really think that he's the only guy that. Um, you know, is obvious available and obviously out there that would be a, an immediate improvement. So if, if he wants the job, I think always leash is very short. But mm-hmm. um, uh, you, you wonder if those talks are yeah. happening or not. But can he even get the best out of the yeah, players? It would be... I mean, if we want to talk about Pogba for a second, I, he looks right. like absolute shit. There's no better way to put it. He, yeah, got he looks like garbage. Menaced by a party. 
Yeah, I feel like the, the Twitter debate it I saw. It was like garbage. Their center backs look like garbage. Yeah, the Twitter debate I saw raging is ba- basically just boiled down to, is Paul Pogba good? Which, like, <laughs> I... I, I hate the thought of that because I still think he's like he's clearly a tremendous talent. It's just there there is at some point there has to be a question of his desire to be playing for Man United or in general his 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 personal work ethic because it just doesn't show that he that that he's you know ha- intends to realize his actual talent anytime soon. But any anytime you leave him by himself, he, he'll be dangerous every time. Yeah. All you have to do is keep up the intensity with him, yeah. and he's not going to fight back. I heard this interesting take. I was listening to this ESPN FC clip um, the other day. They they had this one guy. They always have him on. It's um, his name's like Julian something, but he he's an, like an ex French uh, World Cup winner. He used to play for Chelsea. Really good player. They always have him on. He always has some pretty good insights. And he was talking about Pogba when he plays for France, when he plays for Tottenham, because it's the conversations always. Why does he play so well for these teams and then always just looks like shit when he, whenever he's playing for Man United? And it's um, the midfield the, covering he, for him. He, he's got yeah, exactly. But, it, <laughs> but he always, but he went in and he actually said that you can't give Paul Pogba tactics. You like he's not the player to go and give tactics because you can't just can't give it to him because it makes him too. Th- like think too much like you need to give the rest of the team tactics and just put Paul Pogba in your midfield and let him kind of free roam and and I guess when you kind of look at it that Juventus team when they had Perlo and some other great players in that midfield and then you obviously look at the French team that they have right now where it's one of the best teams in the world obviously World Cup winners and they have a crazy midfield with Conte and Matuidi and and other the likes of other people and I guess it kind of does make sense that you can just let Pogba kind of just play an artist role in the midfield over there because he has other people to go and and cover up for when he makes mistakes but he just doesn't have that at, at uh menu yeah United. i mean uh, clearly if that's the reality for paul pogba then jose Mourinho was exactly the wrong manager for him because i i, I feel like jose imposes his own personality on his teams as, as much as anybody and his system it's his <laughs> system or you know it's his way or the highway and then um you know i i don't i, I haven't seen at any point that always been there that he's allowed Pogba to operate in that role. So I, it, maybe it's just not the right fit. Um, and it, it, it really feels like it's time to end the experiment for both, for both sides. Right. Hopefully Pogba leaves at the end of the season. And I, and my prediction, because it, it, it is interesting now that we have another international break coming up after this next match week, match week eight coming up this weekend. They have Everton this weekend. If they go and get the the doors blown off of them, if they go and lose that game, like two, three, four nil or something crazy like that, a horrible stat line, they might look into potentially bringing in another coach or another manager coming in because he'll have uh, what looks like he'll have another. He'll have pretty much two full weeks to kind of implement and kind of get acclimated with the team. It's kind of an ideal scenario of. Okay, you get, he gets a little bit of time in between. He doesn't have to go like three games and then coach the next game. He gets a he gets a little bit of time, but because of course, once December rolls around, it's that's like a nightmare scenario to bring in another manager. But yeah, <clears throat> something to think about. Yeah, I I don't expect them to to do that either. I mean, it's not like they 
it's not like they got totally outplayed by Arsenal. It was a, a game that easily could have ended nil nil. Uh, it was a penalty goal, the penalty one nil, which is it, it statistically a very even match. Both both teams with just two chances on net. It it, it just it, not a very just a bland match and nothing. I don't know. It, it it's, yeah, it, it does look like that statistically. When I was watching it though, like Arsenal just like controlled it. They just couldn't like break them down just in the final third, but in the rest, and Thomas Partey, what a signing. Like, he he is really good. So, interested to see how Arsenal um, uses him moving forward and curious to see how United get the, also does moving forward because it can't get much worse for them, let's be honest. Well, let's also move into, uh, like, some of the other games here. Uh, wanted to touch on a few of the games that happened earlier in the week on Saturday. Manchester City, uh, another game where they just like sneak out a win. They completely dominated this game. This game should not have finished one nothing, but there's just something going on at Manchester City where I'm just I know I'm like number one hater for for the citizens of Manchester, but I don't know. I I, I know it's just my Liverpool bias, probably looking at them and hoping and just hoping that they don't they're not knocking on the door of our title and they're not uh, competing with us as much as they have been over the past couple of years. But I, I just can't get over how it just doesn't seem like everything's clicking like it normally is over there. I mean, I, I think the, the thing that jumps out is that they haven't scored more than one goal since their <clears throat> second, their second match of the season, which, which they lost five, two to Leicester. I, they're just not scoring at the pace you expect Man City yeah. to score. And I, we, we've agreed that, um, you know, their injury luck has been really unfortunate. It's obviously um, they're trying to figure out what to do in the absence of both Jesus and um, Aguero or mostly have for the past you know months. But um, I, I, it just doesn't – it doesn't feel like they have the ability to you know, consistently uh, just dominate and break down um, – teams that want to sit back against them and let them have their 65, 70% possession as they do. To me, I really feel like the missing pieces is getting rid of Sané and Bernardo Silva, just not really pulling the weight that he has the past two years. I remember every single city game, the first 10 minutes, it seemed they had a goal in. It was some Bernardo assist to, to one of their strikers up top or Sané coming in and putting in a show. Yeah. I guess, I guess that's fair to, say that maybe the trend reaches back a little bit further to last year. I mean, they, uh, they probably were had more defensive issues last year that caused them to you know, be so far off the, the top of the Premier League. But um, they're clearly missing some sort of attacking threat to, to tie things together for them. Yeah, I think it like I think they're really missing Aguero. Like they uh, like he hasn't really been in the team fully this season. Like he's it looks like he got hurried back from uh, from injury, got injured again, and it just like hasn't been the same Aguero that we've been known to see in the Premier League. But so maybe that's what they're missing. It's like they Sterling. He needs he can't be the only attacking option. Like he is not that clinical in front of goal. Like he needs his chances to get in front of net. He needs some of the pressure to be taken off of him in the final third. Our our city fans on the podcast, Christian and James, they're pretty high on this Fernand Torres guy, but until he starts putting up numbers and starts taking over games, it like it's still yet to be seen. He's a super young Spanish kid who just came over to the Premier League for the first year. Um I don't know. I, I I think I obviously think that Man City will recover because they always are going to be backed by their board financially throughout the transfer windows. 
But as far as this season goes, as um, this might be like one of the first years. It's always weird talking about like the great players going into the season being like, okay, is this year they start falling off? Is this year they start falling off? Because we think of players like Tom Brady, Messi, and Cristiano Ronaldo going in every single season being like, okay, this is the year that they start doing poorly, but they always perform numbers year after year after year. Um, but could this be the year where Aguero just kind of, you know, drops off? Maybe he gets like 12 goals a season or maybe 10 goals a season. Maybe that's Aguero now because he just can't stay fit. I don't know. But until they bring in a true attacking option, maybe that maybe this is the new man. City. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm honestly all aboard the um, Aguero is officially declining now train. I think it's just that – I think it's that – it's just the injuries have piled up over the past several years. He's clearly not going to be available to play more than 25, 30 games for any other, you know, premier league season for the rest of his career. And he's, he's gotten to an age where I, I don't think they can, they can't rely on him to be the, the 20, 25 goal scorer that, that, that he's been for them in past seasons. It's just, he's, he's, it's fine that he's past his prime. Aguero's Aguero and he'll still be, uh, great for them if he if he has somebody else to share minutes with, but he just can't be the the guy that they're leaning on in that role. And I, I think that that's pretty clear given um, the re, the recent collection of, of knocks he's picked up and the lack of playtime. But if if you need a silver lining, it's probably the defense. This is the first time that um, Laporte and Diaz uh, lined up next to each other in the back line. Didn't allow a goal. Didn't really. Um, didn't really look like they, there was any chance they were going to. So, um, yeah, I think they look um, good. I think if we had the city fans here, I think that they would love to uh, talk a little bit more about that. But I, I think I, I still think that um, we're we're just two three weeks away from um, from city clearly emerging as the as the the second most dangerous title threat. I, I despite us not necessarily believing in their attack and it, it feeling a little bit different. Um, I, I they're they're what I think if if you give them three points from the the game in hand that they have right now, they'd be second in the table. Um, and I think that's what you'll see you know, in two three weeks time. Big clash coming up next weekend. We can save that for the preview episode. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think they yeah, they they seem to be missing some of the other pieces. They don't really like it, I don't think they really have a true winger also. Sterling more and more is becoming a like a inside player, more of a, like a front forward striker, center forward guy or like a like an inside winger. Like they used to be able to like their game plan was just bombing down the wings with Sterling on one side or Bernardo on one side and and Sané on the other. And then they would have Jesus or Aguero, Prime Aguero, like in the middle there with, with uh, De Bruyne and others. It's like waiting to tap it in on the far post or tapping it in on the six yard box. It just, I don't know. It just, this is, seems like such a totally different city team that just quite frankly doesn't scare me, of course, with, um, with us playing them on the weekend. And don't get me wrong, if, if they start with a healthy Aguero, this weekend against Liverpool, I'm not going to, I'm still going to be afraid of the guy. Like, you know, I'm still going to be afraid of, um, of them just knowing yeah. what they're, they're capable yeah. of, but um, you're right that there's just not, there's not, there's yeah. not consistently somebody that I know that they're going to be able to roll out there, you know, three out of four matches four you know, four out of four matches that um, that's going to be a threat to, to score every time right now. It, it's sterling, but <laughs> well, let's get into um, 
well, let's get into our team a little bit. Another, also grinding out another result. Um, we finished up the game against West Ham, two to one, winning. Of course, uh, Jota. Of course, we. If anybody was t- tuned into the Champions League matches from this, uh, from that happened today, we're recording on Tuesday again. Jota picking up his hat trick, becoming the first player for Liverpool to score in the first three Champions League matches he's uh, appeared in since. I think it was Robbie Keane in 2008 they I said did. he seems to be trying to he seems like he's going to score every single time he gets the ball or every single time he's on the pitch for Liverpool he looks like he's going to score um and of course he's the reason why we ended up winning this game he, he picked up the winning goal he he scored earlier in the in the game when he first got subbed on and it got um called off due to far because it was some it, it was kind of it was, I think that was like a little fucky I guess it was uh, it was Agbana and Sadio Mane going. There was a loose ball right in front of the goal. They both kind of go for it. The keeper also comes for it. Like Agbana and Sadio crash into the keeper. Uh, it comes off Agbana, of and they're trying to like they're trying to see if it, if Agbana plays it or if it just hits off of them because uh, because Jota was in an offside position when it came off of them, and they ended up just disallowing the goal, which. Probably was the fair decision in in the end because it was such a like a like a coming together weird scenario. Just fucking, but it's just a fucking mess is what it but, was. He, he picks up the winning goal for us. <laughs> they they yeah, called it. They true. called it off. I was like, yeah, I don't even know what happened. So like, honestly, it didn't really feel like a super valid goal. Um, but so I, yeah. yeah, I had no real qualms with them them waving that one off. I, I mean, I think at the end they 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 gave Mane a, they called Mane for a foul and said that um, you know play stopped there, which was. Yeah, just uh, you can't really say that. It was Mane like and Agbana crash into the keeper. It was very one-sided of one person <laughs> crash into the keeper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks like it cleats up to yeah. me, but again, I'm biased against. But again, I think I think a VAR callback like that is just when you slow down the tape that much, it can see everything. So, what what can you do? Agreed. I think in any year where there's not VAR involved, I don't think they call that. I, I don't think but they call that back. They or didn't call it on the pitch. In the, in the naked yeah. eye calls that back. But it was it was another one where I was happy. I was like annoyed to see that we gave up an early goal again. Like West Ham scoring in like one of the first in the first ten minutes, I believe, just off of pretty unlucky defending from Joe Gomez, who's been our Hercules at the back ever since Van Dyke went down and. He just kind of there's a cross into the box and Joe Gomez goes to head it away and it just goes straight to the defender. Like it's not ideal where you go and head it away to, to the top of the box. You want to yeah. try to get it cleared out, cleared far and away from goal. But I think like we still have it covered if it just goes anywhere other than to, to me. That's, to me, it to was the, to the only person still from very West much Ham on, there. on Joe there though because he had all the time in the world. There was no there there was nobody. Uh, no player on either team within five yards of him. He had time to think about where he headed that, and he and he yeah. really could have headed it basically anywhere, but right there into the chest of um, of Four Niles, and and so I, I I'd consider that an error on on Joe Gomez's part, and you just can't afford them. Yeah, definitely. Still took a still took a pretty tidy finish to go. Oh, yeah, it was a great touch. Them up finish, one nothing, but. I mean, because we saw today in the Champions League game what can happen if we, we get out on the front foot, like we go and score first, though. So. Um, also, one thing that I took away from this game was 
this was the first time that we saw in a while we saw a different formation from our standard 4-3-3 this this game we we ran out the, for the first time in a while we ran our um the 4-2-3-1 putting um our new signing in um did Jota start this game oh am i thinking i, think I must you be thinking might, another I think you might be thinking of the, 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 the champions league last week or the prior premier league game because i think Jota sub Jota was, yeah, uh, was okay. a sub yeah, you're right. Jota and well, Shakiri. Um, Quick shout out to Fox. Can't forget that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Shakiri, I mean, our, our guy, who I'm hoping he becomes a, a super sub for us because he's been pretty creative when he comes on. Like, I know it, the other one was in a in a poor Champions League game. He's too but, dangerous to be given that many minutes. It's, you have to but, limit him. But, yeah, that's, that's, that's right. So, I mean,. FA and now he's making his limited on Premier League minutes count. I, I mean, that ball he played to Jota for the goal was, uh, you know, that that was as much him as it was Jota, you know, creating that. So it was, and yeah, uh, it was pretty nasty. Yeah, it's a, it, I, it's funny because I, in my mind, he was totally out of Klopp's plans. Um, as of a month or two ago, it really felt like he was going to be sold before the deadline. Just, I, you know, you wonder if they didn't get the offer they were looking for, or maybe, you know, Klopp actually really did think that now that he's healthy, he he could be a difference maker, and he's made the most of his time both in um, the Cups and in Europe and, and in the Premier League. So good to see the the power cube doing things. Yeah, and, and I think Jota could be a huge reason why we have success this season because I'm thinking of some of the games that we would have dropped points earlier because this would have been a game potentially would have, like if, if everything was the same, where if like Van Dyke goes down, we're dealing with some of the other injury problems. If we don't have Jota, we could be potentially dropping a decent amount of points because he's been coming on in like the 60, 70 minute or so and and bagging a couple of goals and 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 being like the final kind of punch that we needed towards the end of the game to go and pick up two some points. Game winners in as many Premier League matches over the last two weeks, so. Pretty, pretty, nothing really to complain about. One, one little mistake from Joe Gomez, but other than that, I, I didn't really, I wasn't really too. I mean, West, from what West I saw Ham had been. Liverpool. They, they seem like West they, Ham has been, been in good form. Well. They've been beating big teams, Rolling. and uh, Liverpool dominated. To be fair, and, and frankly, West Ham just you know sat back and was content yeah. with their first goal once it happened. But definitely a, a dominant performance. Well, let's move on to. Let's move on to Gray's team here. They seem to be having coming out the best after this weekend, after a three nil victory against Burnley, breaking down the Titans in defense, the eleven men behind the ball in Burnley, and Chelsea just pick them apart with yeah, three just, goals. They just get better and better, and I love it. It's, <laughs> it's steady. It's a steady um, incline, which is perfect. It's not no. No stellar performance and then something that's a little shittier the next week to kind of bring you down. It's just literally been getting better and better as the players we all bought are slowly getting integrated into the team and just showing out. I mean, even people saying, like, Havertz is one of the biggest flops. I lo- If I can find this stat again. It was all of our signings through all games in competitions – once we signed him and Werner has like nine goals, four assists. Havertz has seven goals, three assists. Ziyech is clocked like with four games. He has like two goals, <laughs> one assist. Mendy with however many clean sheets, four to five. I mean, I chill well with assists. It, it's incredible. Oh, it's, a, it's a career for Kepa. <laughs> it's, it's right. 
I'm so freaking happy. <laughs> you guys have no idea. Just to come back from, I think about the Liverpool matchup where we had Christensen and Zuma as our center backs, fucking Alonso, and then Kepa in goal. What would have happened if we had our our whole team there? I don't know. It's it'll be interesting to see what happens. For I do want, yeah. I do want you guys to be now that of course that we got you our game with you, one of our games at least, uh, against Chelsea out of the way. Like, I do want you guys to be quite good this season. It's always fun when there's another – when like uh, when there's new players that come into the Premier League and they start to perform and everything. Uh, still haven't seen the full lineup of – like a full starting lineup of Kai Havertz, Ziyech, Werner, and Pulisic all playing together. But this is pretty close with, of course – uh, Pulisic going down in the warm-ups and, and bringing in Werner too. And I was the, worried the about getting that foursome together. Is that just too much attacking? Not a lot of space to get back. But Havertz really puts in the work coming back. He looks <clears throat> a little lazy sometimes running around, but I think that's just... He does, yeah. Less so a Pogba type where it just doesn't look as intense. But he, he gets back and he wins the ball. And it just helps when you have Conte playing out of his mind recently in the best position that he's that he should be in. But with Pulisic, I mean, I'm right. And with a couple of games coming up here that you can easily put up together, some good performances, you guys can start, start a little, get a little run going for you guys and really try to get glue all the players together and put, and, uh, and really push for that with my, like I predicted you guys would finish second and you guys with how this season's going, who knows how everyone will finish up. You guys can even make a, Go for even higher than that if everything continues. Yeah, it'll be the way nice it has to been. with the next few EPL games being uh, a little bit easier. Opponents, we don't have to go balls to the walls with all our players because now we have Pulisic, who I'm almost convinced has made a glass. Not for long term injuries, but just here and there, he's just going to get a knock and be out for you know a week or two, including all the midweek games. So yeah, that sucks to see. Yeah. But what I'm thinking is then we can move just. The fact that we have so much depth now with a team last year that finished fourth with the young players with that key experience that are already meshed with the entire team, they're coming off the bench half the time. And one person I'm really excited to see once he's back mm-hmm. is the young buck, Billy Gilmore, that I feel like people have uh, slept on for a while. People forget that he did. I last totally have forgotten on him. a few yeah. shows, including one against Liverpool. Um, I don't know. He's he's young. He's tiny, but he's insanely technical. And I don't even. He's not a number eight. He seems like a almost like a Fabregas role. I know that's a crazy comparison to do right now, but I mean, it's for how young he is and how much he's already put out for. So, for his- so must for for Sesk Fabregas, I mean, it's next Fabregas. Yeah, I mean, I I remember him <laughs> last year. Can you imagine? Though? <laughs> yeah, I remember him last year saying that he used to try to. He, I remember him last year. He used to say that um, growing up, he tried to model his game off of Iniesta because he knew he was a lot going to be a lot smaller than everybody. So, yeah, uh, maybe, maybe uh, the next. I'm going to uh, be keeping an eye on for the rest of this. It would be really cool if if it was like if he could be like if he was just a someone who could ping passes and he could you guys could play on a four two three one with Conte and. Um, and Gilmore and your kind of your CDM With our players, roles, your have, come off the bench uh, to replace it. It's just insane. Yeah, 
It's, yeah, you guys have a crazy, sucked. crazy lineup. What I'm, sucks I'm is that Tottenham to already knocked us out of Carabao because this is a kind of squad where we could manage all the games in, in the in the heavy schedules throughout the season where you know if we if we squeeze past Tottenham, maybe that was a clear yeah. shot for that trophy. Once we figure out what's happening with FA Cup, I mean it could be a good year for silverware. Not would the, you would you uh, rather win the Carabao Cup or advance one further round in the knockout stage of the Champions League? <laughs> Probably uh, Champions League, I think for sure. Like I, I would draw. rather, I would rather get to a quarterfinal instead of a, instead of just the round of sixteen and and be out of the Carabao Cup early. Personally, I just don't. Really? The, yeah, the league, the league Cup doesn't in my head like really compute. I, I think I still think the FA Cup has some prestige, but I think it, yeah, I think it's it's just a way to measure. Something. Yeah, I mean, and Liverpool is still trying to do that yeah. too. Like with how good Liverpool's we, been, we've. We've never competed in. Well, no, it's really. Cup we've actually we've been in. We were in a like, a Carabao Cup final. I think Klopp's first season against. Uh, I think it was against City. Lost in um, penalties, but but yeah, I think. I was kind of uh, talking yeah. about like the past couple of years when we were competing for the other trophies and stuff. Like, like with the squad depth that we've kind of have, we've just like have never been a team that. Well, it's even it's though been we have one, depth to go been and, one. It's been really one of two things. Either Klopp has made 11 changes and played a squad with an average age of 21 and a half, or, um, or you've come up against another formidable Premier League opponent, Arsenal, Chelsea. I can't remember who else is, who's eliminated us. But it was Arsenal this season. Um, and, and you just, you, we just played Arsenal on Monday and you, you can't put, you can't put the same lineup out there four days later whenever you have a Premier League match on the other side of it, too. So uh, just uh, kind of bad scheduling luck, honestly, with, yeah. um, with our, the way we've been knocked out of those. I just, yeah. We haven't prioritized them. But um, Okay, but before we move on from Chelsea, I have, some, I have I a question for Gray. What is your best – what's your favorite 11? Was that your favorite back line? The, the, I, think, I think it was Tiago Tiago Silva and Zoma – Center back with Chilwell and Reese James flanking, Let me and then, out. and then. Uh, so I, I would say, from what I've seen, that's probably the the best back line right now. And then maybe swap um, Abraham for for Pulisic when he's healthy, and Mason Mount for Kovacic or Jorginho, and that that would be the the squad that I think is strongest. But. Yeah, because I personally I don't have a good boner for Aspiquetta like James does, so I don't think he fits into my favorite so Chelsea missing, eleven. So. I like that back four personally. That's probably going to be my favorite moving forward. Yeah, for there's guys, a definite so. question of you know Thiago Silva at this age is he going to be consistently able to keep up the the fitness and the energy to to compete in the Premier League against against like the really high powered attacking squads that are really going to try him. I don't know that maybe, maybe Aspie is, is a better option yeah. there, but Tiago Silva is Tiago Silva. So tough. Got to see it. So I'm miss, I'm, I wrote out my squad and I'm at 10 right now. So Mendy in the back, obviously I'm, yep. not, I'm not even going to comment on a clean sheet streak. So <laughs> just going to wait and see ready, ready for it to be broken, but I'll just wait and see. I got Reese as my right back. I mm-hmm. think Aspie, could easily compete with Zuma to be center back. I got I'm with 
James on this one. I'm a huge Rasbloqueta, just the amount yeah. of experience and captain for years shows a lot of heart for the team. I think Zuma also gives up a lot of mistakes. He's the only person in the 11 when I, when I look at, um, our, start, our starting lineup, he's the one that's going to make a mistake that leads to a goal nowadays. It's not Keppa. Yeah. I, and he's the still, only, he still even almost gave one away against Burnley. The, the only reason – so I, I totally I totally agree that he, he he would stress me out, but I feel like Aspi and Tiago Silva as the center backs is too small and too old. I feel like you need, like, the physical large presence of, of Azuma back there. That's, that's fair, too. I, I definitely put Zuma as my number one, but I, I'd put Aspi as a quick sub if anything goes yeah. wrong. I mean, that's just where we have the depth. Yeah. So it's not like a Liverpool where you have – Fabinho's doing well, but you'd never imagine that being your first choice. Yeah. So A stopgap. I got Zuma and Thiago as my center backs. Chilwell, of course. Yeah. Uh, Conte, pure CDM. Havertz and Mason Mount, actually. I got Kova on the bench. Kovacic on the bench. Okay. But, again, an absolute super sub. And then uh, Pulsic and Werner. Up top, so oh yeah, you, you're missing Ziyech. That's who you need. Yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> which is terrible because he was my favorite signing. I can't. It's because he finally featured. I mean, he's looked awesome, dude. In every match he's played, he's doing exactly what he wanted. Yeah, yeah, I think he's I so good. Ajax, I used to yeah. love him when he was on IX. Absolute pings, and then just I can't wait for someone to get to the end of those crosses that he'll start whipping in. So yeah, pull such winners, yeah. Yeah, I can. That's where I think where everything will start to click is that once Ziek and and Werner f- find some sort of magical connection where he's just pinging them into his into his runs a, and he's just getting on the goal, end of them. Uh, this week was a Ziyech to, to yeah. Werner. So and that Werner match was clean. Yeah, agreed. Um, but yeah, and even yeah. with all that, with all that speed up top, I'm totally fine if we give some minutes to Abraham and Giroud even. So yeah, I can't, I can't be pissed at this lineup. It's finally, yeah, it's nice to finally look at a full lineup and feel like how I feel Liverpool and Man City have felt for the year. <laughs> like every single player, you know, they're bringing something for sure. And like you can, yeah, it's it's a lineup where you can look at and you, like we can compete with everybody. Like you can go into most games and yeah. be like, we can get result on this one. Yeah. Well, the last game I really wanted to touch on for this match week was Tottenham and Burnley. Not a lot of talking points out of this one. Tottenham picking, uh, scraping away another three points. I guess the main thing coming out of this one was um, uh, Gareth Bale gets his first goal of the season. With that, reg- how do you pronounce his last name? Regulon? Is that it? Yeah, I think that's already yeah, that, that uh, picture of the two of them from like 10 years back. Oh, yeah, that's you know nuts. That? Yeah, I, f- I forget the context of it, but it was some like back in 2010, some photo with Regulon at at the academy. Uh, at Let me pull academy. it up. I don't, yeah, I don't have the details for it, but 10 years later, gives him his first assist when he comes back for Tottenham. That's insane. He might have been in the academy or something like that when Bale signed with with Real Madrid, I don't know. Cause I, like, is there obviously both yeah. new signings yeah. from Real Madrid? Yeah, but... I think that's exactly what it was. So I found the pick, yeah. and it looks like um, Regulon is clearly wearing a Real Madrid, um, like, quarter zip. So maybe he was in Real's academy at the time that Bale was signed and they got to meet him or something to to that effect. Yeah, Regulon's Spanish, right? I believe so. Yeah. 
Yeah. Quick question. Best best uh, new left back signing: Alex but, Tellez, yeah. Sergio Reguilon, or Ben Chilwell? Uh, or Timothy Castagna for Leicester. Um, I would have to say Chilwell. Um, but I mean that one Tellez in the PSG game looked really good. If he, for some reason, he's not fit right now, so. And he's like an he's like a super <laughs> OP player in FIFA, so it's always going to be like one of those biases. All right, so tell us it's the worst one of the actual players. Good. That's what we got to. But um, uh, <laughs> yeah, but I, I I'd be curious to see how he goes when he's fit and he's playing in the Premier League every single week. But um, I have to say, like Chilwell has been a lot better than I thought he was going to be. Like you, I know you guys forked out a lot of money for him. And that was like, the only thing for me was like, I was like, wow, there's been a lot of money on, on Ben Chilwell, but he does add such an attacking dynamic that I just didn't, I guess I never really saw when he was at Leicester, I guess I just never really got that from him. And, but he's, he definitely looks like a threat and it looks like it was, he is yeah, a I mean, great. Definitely paid the, uh, the English premium for Chilwell, just English players are always going to cost 20, 30% more than the equivalent foreigner. I feel like in the premier league, but um, I think he's lived up to the hype. I, I think it's too early to call. I think if I had to say early season, Chilwell has been the best and Castagna has been the most impressive given that I didn't know anything about him before that. And then has barely had any time to really show anything off, but uh, then maybe and Regulon might even be the most promising of the bunch. So I, it, that's a great question. I, nice hodgepodge. I, yeah, exactly. They all have something going for them. And one last question that I also wanted to ask too before we get away here: um, are, Is Everton <laughs> dead? Like are is they Southampton just, the are new Everton gone forever now? <sighs> Picking up another loss this week. Southampton yeah, winning they? four and one draw of the last five. What's our expectations for them this season now? Like. They look like they're destined to push for the top four. I, yeah, I, 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 now, I still think Everton's more know. likely to end up in the in a the European uh, conversation toward by the end of the season. I, I think that the biggest concern for them is that um, is Hamas Rodriguez going to actually be available to play full matches for more than 80 percent of the Premier League season? Because clearly he's a a missing link for them. Um, he just wasn't able to go last minute for this match and yeah. um, clearly was missed. So, I I, I mean, they. I, to be fair, I I only saw the last little bit of it whenever they dialed one back with DCL. Um, so I, I didn't really get to understand the flow of the match, but looking at the stats, it looks like they um, they just got down got down and Newcastle sat back. So I, I still, I still see uh, Everton being more competitive for finishing in a European position than Southampton. And I would be happy to, to place a wager on that. If I had to, I just, it's going to come down to Hamas Rodriguez's health, I think. Well, alrighty then that's all we got for this review episode of the virtual pubs, premier pod, really looking forward to match week eight and making our picks for that. So tune in on Friday to hear that episode and to see who we're all taking for every single game of match week eight. Really looking forward to the big matchup ahead on Sunday going between Liverpool and Manchester City. I'm sure uh, the Delegati brothers and myself will have a a good feud about those two um, on on that episode. So tune in on Friday for that. We'll see you then. Okay, bye-bye.